Hello and welcome back to Outside the Zone. Doc, by logging on to this podcast, you just lost a first round pick to Sam Presti. How does it feel? You know, it's tough. Sam Presti's literally in five years, I think, what the 2025 NBA draft. Every pick, one through 30, OKC. Yeah, I mean, they should just draft everyone and they're going to have four or five super teams worth of people. And then you know what? They can load it up to have draft picks for the rest of time as well. Genius. He's age. I mean, you texted me, I think, a couple of days ago, and you were like, Maury's amazing for pulling up that trade. And I was like, yeah, to somehow get all Al Horford off the books and getting Tanny Green. But like, Sam Presti, again, another first round pick, a second round pick. Like, man. Yeah, well, we all know Sam Presti. Sam Presti is the damn goat. Like, we're going to get into that. We're going to get no into chips, all... No chips, though. No. Right. I mean, right. no True. chips. True. So. True. Uh, but we're going to get into that. We're going to get into all the craziness that happened in the NBA over the past couple of days. We're going to prepare you for the next week where there's going to be even more crazy coming. So let's get right into it. So let's just let's talk about our first. Our, what do you want to talk about first? So much has happened. What's the thing that has has made you go, What's whoa, the, the most? Oh, I mean, so many things have made me go, whoa. I I honestly think the thing that made the most sense was the draft yesterday. Like, there weren't any crazy draft trades at the top, at least, like, the top, like, seven or ten picks or whatever. It went pretty much chalk. Everyone knew who the top three were going to be. We didn't really know the order, and it pretty much went that way. And there weren't that many big surprises. So I feel like I feel like let's gradually, you know, increase our way through this. Let's start at the most mundane thing. We'll start at the draft, and then we'll work away to, like, maybe trades the free agency let's do it so yeah we had anthony edwards going first to minnesota and there was a lot of talk about if it was going to be Lamelo, if they're going to go talent most most uh boomer bust or if they're going to go fit and it looks like they went to try and find someone that really fit with their core of d'angelo russell and carl anthony towns yeah, I mean, I think that means obviously that they're going to be playing D'Lo at the one. If Lamelo was there, D'Lo and Lamelo would be kind of interchangeable between the one and the two. So, I mean, yeah, I guess Edward fits there at the two. They have a hole there, especially with the legal stuff that Malik Beasley's going through. So, I mean, I see the fit. I mean, I know we talked about this last time. I'm more of a Lamelo guy. I know you're a little bit higher on Edwards than I am. So, I don't love the pick. I see why they did it, and. You know, I mean, he's physically, athletically, he's there. We'll see. I think there are a lot of holes in his game, as are there as there are in Lamelo's. But you know, it was an okay pick. They didn't like completely screw it up by picking an Anthony Bennett, right? So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a in a vacuum, I was gonna say in a bubble, but you can't say that in NBA context anymore. Mm-hmm. So in a vacuum, <laughs> yeah. I would I would pick Lamelo Ball, like definitely highest on him out of any of these prospects. But I'm not gonna blame them for finding like choosing fit. Mm-hmm. They they believe right. that they haven't had time to, to show that D'Angelo and Kat can't work. So they're going to go all in on finding supplementary pieces around him. And Anthony Edwards has a chance to be way more than a supplementary piece. He has a chance to be a really good asset. One of them, he's very athletic. He, they think that he can grow. He's already like, even in the, like from his year in Georgia to now he's gotten bigger. Like he's putting in the work. He, they think he can grow into a, a body of being a really good defender. I mean, he hasn't really proven that yet in Georgia, but I think that I think that they they believe that he can make that stride, and he's been putting in the work to do that. So, 
as long as he stays in the right headspace with loving basketball. Well, which, I mean, that's which that's the thing. Like, he's going to Minnesota. It's not like he's going like if he was going to Golden State, I would feel a lot better about that. But he's right. going that's, to Minnesota. Yeah. That's valid, but yeah, Cat, you want Andrew, you want like, a we've really, seen this. Yeah, you want a really good system. You want really good coaching, especially for a guy like that. Which that you make a great point. That's very interesting. But I mean, the guy has been through so much, and he's so young. Like saying stuff like that. I'm sure more people think it, they don't say it. Like it's, it's, it's so tough when you're, when everything you say is so scrutinized and like, I like maybe it's, if he doesn't work that way and he's not passionate about basketball, then that's, that's a tough, but I'm sure Minnesota did their due diligence on that and researching his love for the game. So yeah. What do you think about James Wiseman to the Warriors? Fit, right? I mean, that was your big thing with Minnesota and this fits to a T where it, I mean, we found that obviously today Woods reported and Shams and everyone else that unfortunately Clay did tear his Achilles, so he will be out for the season. If prayers yeah, out I mean, to him, man. Oh my this, god, I cannot imagine how the how hard that's gotta be after all he went through the last season. Oh it's been it's been seventeen months since he last played an NBA game. He was finally healthy and now for the Achilles to go. I mean it's a just as a bat, like you and me are not Golden State fans, but just as basketball fans, like you feel so bad for that organization and especially for Clay. Like, you know, he's a hard worker. He put in the work, so much work these past, you know, 17 months to get back. He's finally there. We're about to have NBA basketball in what, like a month, maybe less. It's a little bit yeah. over a month, a month and a couple of days. So almost there. And unfortunately, just, you know, injuries happen. And this is a tough one. Like, we don't see a lot of players tear their ACL and Achilles and the only other, there's only been three other players in NBA history that have done it. The only one really of note is DeMarcus Cousins and he just obviously hasn't looked the same. Hopefully Clay can get there, but back to Wiseman, if Clay was there, Wiseman would be a perfect fit, right? Because they're set in every other position there. They just needed the big five. And I mean, he's athletically, he's there. The game would be easy for him too. All he would have to do is like play be a rim protector and just roll and dunk and all that. So now it's a little bit more complicated. I think after the clay injury, like I maybe would have thought about LaMelo because we don't know if clay will be back to his full self and LaMelo next to Steph. That would be fun. Like that would be really fun. Steph could play more off the ball than he had probably ever has. And I think they would complement each other really well. That being said, Wiseman does show up their center position and a solid pick. You, I mean, yeah. there was no wrong choice for them between the two. Yeah, Wiseman's that new age player that brings that defensive toughness that can really help them if Draymond doesn't get back to his normal self and insurance for insurance, like a great building block to build around that's, that plays in like a modern NBA style. So I like I like James Wiseman a lot. But yeah, he, like I feel like last yesterday when we got the reports, like I think that it was a kind of like everyone kind of knew that it was going to be serious, that it wasn't just something – so I feel like they should have considered that into making their pick, and maybe they still didn't. Still thought why they still didn't think Lamelo was the answer, but yeah. the defense, the defensive backcourt, the defense in that backcourt would have been suspect with would have been suspect with Lamelo and Steph. But I really think yeah. having both of them, Lamelo, a guy who has incredible court vision as as does Steph and Steph's ability to play off the ball, would have brought a whole new element to Steph's game and really been able to capitalize on the other players like Draymond Green. That's when Draymond Green can excel when he doesn't when he can play in that system with a lot of ball movement and stuff like that. Cause so you're making him better. And I, and I just think that talent and the way that golden state can, um, 
developed players would have made LaMelo into a force and he would have had that playing time and that ability to really make an impact without with Clay being hurt. Even even if Clay's like we would all assume that the following year Clay would be back, right? Right. I mean Clay too would be magnified if he's playing next to someone like a LaMelo with that passing and that vision. I mean that whole right. thing would have just been so much fun. And again, losing Wiseman, you know, would suck. But at the same time, centers have become like the cheapest position that you can get in free agency. And like you could have got someone like Nerlens Noel, who can definitely do the job you need, who's just someone a rim protector, a roller, like he doesn't, you know, like stuff like right. that. Like you can get someone like that for cheap. So that's why I still would have preferred the ball pick. Even honestly, if Clay was healthy. Because I think that would have just like that offense would have been crazy. But I and I think especially with the like small Golden ball State can, and I think a team like Golden State can help shore up Lamelo's weaknesses because they're a great org. Yeah, but for sure. I see. I see what you're saying with the fit. Oh, yeah. Sweet. So I mean, we kind of just touched about a bit. Let's go quick about how do we feel about his fit with the Hornets, Lamelo Ball. Great. I think he's a franchise guy, right? And they don't, I mean, they have what PJ Washington, who's a good young big, uh, Bridges, who's I, I like him a lot on the wing. And then obviously Devontae Graham had a you know breakout season last year. So I, I like it a lot. Like he can, I don't think when he goes there, the only guy who kind of overlaps with him is Graham, but I see no reason why they can't coexist. So I, I personally love it. He's there with Michael Jordan too. And hopefully we can see that Michael Jordan, LeVar Ball one-on-one game. So I love it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the Hornets are really regretting giving Terry Rozier that contract. Not that they already mm-hmm. regretted it, but Lamelo's going to yeah. be great for them. I, I'm really, I think this is, this is it. I Hornets were probably ecstatic last night, the way the draft went. They got the guy that has the most chance to be like their franchise player. LaMelo is now in a system where he can really make it his own and they can build around him. And if he shows that he can be that guy, they're going to immediately just start building pieces to compliment him. And he's going to take that franchise to new heights if he works out in the way that a potential number one, a top three draft pick could go. So I'm, I'm really excited. I love that fit. Him and PJ Washington, him and Devontae Graham, him and, him and Miles Bridges. I'm super excited. The other qu- quick thing, too, before we move on, the one thing I think that hurt Lonzo was being in L.A. with the spotlight and, the, you know, being a ball brother. There was already so much scrutiny and all that. At least now he's uh, in a small market, Charlotte. Like, I mean, there will be eyeballs on him, but it won't be anywhere the magnitude if he was in a New York or in L.A. or Chicago, a big market like that. So I think it's really good that he can be in a smaller market and then he can really just focus on, you know, being improving what he needs to do and not worrying as much about all the scrutiny on the outside. For sure, yeah, I love that. And he got a little bit of a glimpse of that from just, like, going going abroad to play. So it'll be interesting right. to see how it is in the big leagues. All right, so, I mean, not going to go through all the picks now, but, like, do you? is there any other picks that kind of stood out to you or any surprises that you want to discuss? OB to New York is interesting. I like yeah, that one I a mean, lot. Do you, does New York really needed a lot of uh, yeah. power forwards that didn't really fit right. their position, right? That's what they, exactly what they were looking for. Right. <laughs> I mean, they did get rid of Todd Gibson today. And Ooh, Bobby Portis, yeah. And Bobby Portis. So you got, you got rid of two of them. And now we don't have to worry about Bobby Portis going and punching Obi, Obi in the face once Obi outplays <laughs> him in practice. So, I mean, they have Julius Randle, and obviously they have Obi now. So it's not as crowded as it was before. But, like, I think if you're in New York, you probably just take the most talented guy. And while there's a case for other guys, Obi's box office. And personally, oh, yeah. as an NBA fan, like, you just want to see like excitement in MSG that we haven't seen since, like, what, like – you know, Carmelo and Jeremy Lin and guys like that, you know? So like, they I'm not just saying need to be relevant Mello. again. Yeah. 
<laughs> Nick's I'm not saying is he's going to be mellow, but I would love to see at least get at least they be at least like good or decent now that Bill comes on to come up to. Yeah, I don't think anyone's claiming he's thinking he's going to be mellow. If the Knicks chose him because of that, then they're in for in for right. a tough giving. But I think their new GM, like no, I think he's obviously mm-hmm. shown a, uh, um, a, a different change of strategy than the normal the normal Knicks. So it'll be. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I don't know. I think that potentially he could at least make them win some more games than they've been winning in past seasons, which is which is what they're saying much. Yeah, right. So what about you? Was there yeah, anything for you? My favorite pick was what the Wizards made. They got a really good value with Danny yeah. at, at eight. So I think obviously you never know about these guys, like if they're going to pan out, especially with the European with the European players, and obviously more in more recent years, there's been way more to pan out. But I just I really like the skill that he brings. And if he's able to make the transition easily, I think it's just amazing value to get him at eight when he, like a lot of people were saying that the bulls would have had him at four. So I, I kind of, I really like that pick just value wise and looking at, I think that, that, that could potentially be the biggest draft skill. I agree. He doesn't really, I mean, the biggest hole in his game is a shooting and it's not that big of a weakness. I mean, it's, he's got to work on it, but it's not a huge hole. He's just an all around guy. Like he's a good, you know, playing, especially beside Bradley Beal. And if John Wall's back to John Wall form, I mean, it'll be really good for him. So yeah, I'm hundred percent with you on that. Right. And especially if anyone's going to be able to make that transition from Europe to here, it's him because he's had so much experience playing professional games more than most, most of those young guys from Europe come over. So super excited for that. And I think, I think, Hopefully, hopefully the Wizards can get some wins because it, it's fun watching Bradley Beal and John Wall playing the playoffs. I remember when they were making the playoffs, like those really good series against the Celtics. Just it's fun seeing them, and they've been pretty, pretty bad the last couple of seasons. Ever since it went off in that series, I don't think they've made it back. Yeah, wow. It <laughs> it kind of broke them. Yeah. So yeah, well, I don't know. You want to say anything else about draft, or should we discuss these trades? These. Yeah, let's move on. Let's, let's, let's get dying to, to talk to you about. Yeah, let's so these trades. All right, let's let's just go with the first big one that kind of fell through, and we'll get to like the rumors or the ones that the Hardens and the Russell, the rumors like that. But the first big one to break was Chris Paul being traded to the Suns. How? What do you think? Am I missing one? No, I. I, I I actually forgot about that one. It feels like that was so long ago, like with everything <laughs> right. that's going we, on. I, we've had a whole, a whole year of stuff happening because we've had all this break on trades for so long. All these teams were just like, ah, oh, here's all the assets we've been working on. But yeah, so Chris Paul to the Suns for Kelly Oubre, um, draft picks. What do you think? Your boy what, Ty Jerome. Who won this trade? I'm happy for Ty Jerome. You know he's my boy, but he's gonna he's gonna make a home for himself in in OKC. But yeah, what do you think? Who won this deal? Did both teams win? What do you think about giving up all those assets for Chris Paul? I think it's a win-win. You know, like I think I really like Kelly Oubre. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about him. I really like him, and he's still so young too. I actually thought they were gonna hold on to him. Oh, and Ricky Rubio as well. They, they, Ricky oh, right. Rubio was also in that deal. Poor Ricky Rubio. Yeah. He did all this searching, then he goes to the Suns in free agency. Really helps them. 8-0 in the bubble. Yeah, oh, he really does. I mean, but like CP3 and Ricky Rubio. Right. Let's be real. It's it's a business. And now he's right. back back in Minnesota. I, I, I actually really think, I, I really like the Minnesota fit, but I'll jump back to that later. Right. Uh, CP3, Suns, I like it a lot. You know, this is going to be the year where like they have to make a push 
And I think they're going to. Losing Kelly Oubre sucks, but I really like McCall Bridges there. We expect to see Aiden become even better. Obviously, you got D-Book and now CP3. I think this, this team should make the playoffs. And their ceiling is probably a second-round team in the West, which is still a really good team. But I don't know if they can get there. It'll be tough because so many teams in the West. But it's a win. I mean, they're, they're relevant, which is the first time we can say that in a long time about this team. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll touch on the Suns real quick. I think it was a good move for them. They, it's not like they gave up what the Bucks gave up for Drew Holiday, which we'll get into, but they they got a player who's was an all-star last year. I mean, if this contract's going to hurt them once he, like, whenever he teeters off, and who knows when that's going to be. But Chris Paul is exactly what the Suns need. They need someone who can, who can play make that's not Devin Booker, so Devin Booker can play more off-ball and just give up, give up all the load he has, he has to give on. And they have to give someone that's going to get Devin Booker to buy in to what it takes to win in this league. And Devin Booker has been amazing at putting up stats, putting up points, even winning big games. But now he's going to get someone who is a leader on and off the court. And that's going to be so good for his development and getting him to stay in Phoenix because you, that's what you got to do. You, when you, when you have this franchise type player, like you need to do whatever it takes to keep them in, especially with Phoenix, you're not going to sign the biggest free agent. So Awesome move for Phoenix, but let me just tell you about Sam Presti and OKC, man. Sam, this is this is just insane. And like, I know I have been in the minority even last season. I know you. I think you agree with me. I don't know if you did it last season, but I was always like, the Rockets are stupid for choosing Russell Westbrook over Chris Paul. Like, I thought Chris Paul was just better for what the Rockets needed to do. He may not put up the stats that Russell Westbrook does, but Chris Paul does does the things that you need to win. He makes winning plays. And that's what a lot of teams need. And he plays both ends of the floor. Sam Presti, Sam Presti took Chris Paul, who had way less value than Russell Westbrook when they when when Russell Westbrook was on the Thunder, and got a bunch of assets for Russell Westbrook because he was trading the inf- the inferior. He was trading the better player, and now he has made he he bet on Chris Paul playing at OKC for a season showed that Chris Paul could make them into the playoffs. And that just launched Chris Paul's value up through the roof where he was able to flip Chris Paul, who before nobody wanted Chris Paul. They just took on Chris Paul because the, thun- the, the Rockets were trying to get rid of that contract because it was an awful contract. But instead, he turned that into positive value to get from the Suns. And he got all those assets from the Russell Westbrook trade. He, he literally bet on Russell Westbrook. Not, like, he, he bet, like, Russell Westbrook, not a fit for me. I'm going to take this guy in Chris Paul upsell him it's just amazing the way this guy this guy knew him like oh my god we the chris paul is amazing chris paul deserves a lot of credit for the thunder make thunder making the playoffs but it's sam presky i think he knew what he was doing he he because he didn't flip chris paul last year he would have got it he would have got it he would have had to give up assets to flip chris paul like to miami or something last year okay maybe not give up but nothing compared to what they got with the suns and he was able to do that, and I just—it's—it's it's amazing what Sam Presti does. He and hopefully now they hit on one of these picks and can build another super team like James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant. Because he's shown—it's not like he's just good at getting picks like, like a lot of the young GMs out there. He can hit on those picks, which Thunder fans—you ha- have a lot of optimism to to be with now for the next couple of years. He's gonna do it again with Al Horford. I'm telling you. Al Holford's not done. In OKC, he's going to have a renewed life, and they're going to get assets for Al Holford. Wow. That, a mid-season trade or something like that? 
I mean, he's three years left. He could have a really good year, and then again next year in the offseason, a team that's, that needs a center, they'll that's they'll such call. a good. Oh, he's definitely going to do that. He's oh my god, and that that's what happens when you have a system that you can develop players and give guy like let oh, guys play to his strengths. Billy Donovan's not there anymore, so we'll. Right. I'm sure Billy Donovan played a big part in that too. So oh, it'll be Billy Donovan. To see if I'm excited. Come. I'm excited for Billy in in uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so yes, yeah, should we move on to the next trade? Uh, Drew Holiday is on his way to Milwaukee. Giannis found his next star to play with in Milwaukee. Is that enough to make Milwaukee a championship team? Absolutely. I I mean, they're right up there, especially now that you know you see. So I guess like they're in that tier with the Lakers and the Clippers. I always thought last year when people grouped those three teams together in that same tier, I thought I think the Bucks are tier below. Not anymore. They're in that same tier. They're a bona fide championship contender. They're my favorite in the East, no doubt. If I had to bet on a team today in the East making it to the finals, I'm picking them over the Brooklyn Nets. I'm picking them over Philly, Miami, any of these other teams. Right now, I you know, I, they're they're loaded. That Bogdanovich trade kind of sucks with that not going through, I'll be real with you. But I mean this team, Drew Holiday, I think is is really good. And I'll give you something else. We, we talked a lot about Eric Bledsoe, right? Really good regular season player, but I think the fit wasn't there with Giannis as well. And just like how we see kind of like with LeBron, like if he has a point guard who's not like a good shooter or a player who's not a good shooter, like the fit really isn't great there. And we knew that with Eric Bledsoe. Right. So now you bring in, and Eric Bledsoe disappeared in the playoffs. Like defensively too. All he's erosing in the, regular he's in the playoffs. He's like DeRozan, like, at least DeRozan's just bad on defense. You know, like, he's bad on defense to start. And, like, at least, like, he shows he shows up more than, than Bledsoe in the playoffs. Bledsoe just craters every part of his game, craters. And I just don't get it. I don't know why. <laughs> Regardless, they bring in a guy, Drew Holiday. And since he came into the league using, I think, the WAR set, wins above replacement, and comparing those to their regular season numbers, he's ninth highest in the league over that span. And that sounds accurate. Wow. I'll, I'll tell you who's number one on that list. LeBron James. And we all know playoff LeBron is different from regular season LeBron. Right. So, I mean, you see that like, he just gets a lot better in the playoffs. Last time he was on playoffs, he outplayed, in my opinion, Dame and CJ in that series against Portland. He was a monster in that, in that wow. series. So. Listen, I'm all here for Drew Holiday. He's someone who steps it up. He'll fit a lot better next to Giannis. And I think this this pushes them over the top. I think they have everything they need now. As yeah, long wow. as Bud plays them more than 32 minutes a game. <laughs> Dude, Bud is kind of holding them back a little bit. But no, I didn't know he was ninth in war. That's awesome. So I think, I mean, it was obviously a good fit. A, a guy who really matches their mentality of just long players can defend multiple positions can be can be dogs but can also shoot like it's exactly the kind of player they needed but wow they gave up a lot for this man like three first round picks a couple pick swaps like they better be like, like obviously if the, if Giannis signed a supermax then it's so it's worth, worth. It. Yeah, obviously yeah. but if if he's still like oh, I'm gonna wait to see how the season pans out and they like I think they were more than a Drew Holiday away from making the finals this past season so if the same thing happens, maybe they lose in seven to Miami or something like that. I don't, I don't know why, why Giannis, Giannis would stay. Like when there's so many better options and better fits for him. So, I mean, then your future is, future is screwed. 
I guess I don't, I've never really seen that argument or seen bought that where like for the past over the past year, right. People have said that, you know, they think Giannis is going to leave, but I, I just don't know. I think truly Giannis is very loyal to Milwaukee and how they took a chance on him. Cause we both know his story, like incredible right. story, by the way, incredible story. And we all know how, you know, how tough his childhood was. And, you know, I, and I think it really like appreciates Milwaukee for, and that organization for the chance that they took on him. So I think he's extremely loyal to them. And I think Giannis just as a person, like he just, like he seems like a very loyal guy to me personally. And I know I'm just like, you're spitballing here. Like, I'm, you know, there's no evidence backing this up and everything. But I, I also don't think the Bucks give up this much if they, if Giannis did not give them an indication that he was going to, that he was not going to sign this Supermax. I think they only go in on this with Giannis's blessing that, yeah, I love this deal. I, I want to play with Drew Holiday and, I'm ready to sign the Supermax. Like, I don't think you'd give up this much if you didn't have that indication. That would be reported. Like, if, if he's that if he's that guy, you think, then why hasn't he already agreed to the Supermax? And I get that it he could can't just be legally like, agree, but, like... It could just be, like, hints, right? Where, like, it's just, like, they, they've seen things and they're, like... Or, and they, they're just, like, all right, like, he's really happy with this deal and judging from other behavior, they, they think, yeah, this will, like, for sure... You know, Tell that to Dan Gilbert, man. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's, the writing uh, was on the wall in Cleveland. The writing was on the wall in Cleveland. Like we all knew he was going to leave with the way that Celtics series ended. And I, I, I truly think Giannis is going to sign the Supermax. We have a bet right. on this, and I feel pretty good about it. Right. I mean, obviously, if he signs the Supermax, it was a great deal. But I don't know. I just, in my opinion, I think they should have gone. Like, they gave up way more for Drew than the Suns gave up for Chris Paul. And I get Chris Paul is older, but if you're trying, if you're trying to win now then Chris Paul has a, gives you a better chance to win now than Drew Holiday. It's just a fact. Chris Paul is a much better player than Drew Holiday. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul is definitely a better player than Drew Holiday. I I also don't, like, I get it. They gave up more picks and everything, right? And, like, for sure, they probably did give up more for Holiday than, than Phoenix had to give up for CP3. But at the same time, Eric Bledsoe, I, again, I'm not the biggest fan of him, and George Hill is a nice player, but I... I value Kelly Oubre a lot more than either of those two guys because he's still super young and he's yeah, but- a really good player. So you're getting a really good young player. Also, Ricky Rubio is still a really good starting point guard in this league. So you're getting two like really good players. I don't think I, I get cared it. about Ricky Rubio or Kelly Oubre. I think they I cared about care Kelly Oubre. The They're trading him. They just traded him to the Warriors. Which I'm, so I, I, and have you seen the draft compensation for that yet? I haven't. So I'm curious as to what they're getting for him. Right. Because if they're, so they're not trading for Kelly Oubre, they're not trading for Kelly Oubre because he's a fit or anything like that. They just want an extra first round pick. But still, if you compare that, then this the, the Bucks still gave up way the Bucks still gave up way much more. And then if Ricky Rubio is a difference. That's not even that's just negligible. I mean, I don't know. I I truly think like this, and it, it, this like our whole conversation is about the supermax, and like it's dependent on that, right? Like I truly think he's going to sign it. And I think that's why it's worth it. But if someone doesn't think this pushes them over the top and makes them sign it, then obviously there's a lot of validity to your point. Yeah, I mean, I really wanted Chris Paul in, in Milwaukee. Him back, and Giannis. What's back up? to the it, me, you and me too. I think he would have been a perfect fit there. But back to the Bucks. Where do you? Because it doesn't seem like you're as high as on them as I am. So where do you line them up to the current top teams in the East, including you know the Nets, the Heat, obviously the Celtics, the Raptors, etc. 
I mean, I know that they're going to finish number one in the East. If you're talking about regular season standings, um, they're really good regular season team. Giannis is an amazing regular season player. And the, the only thing is Giannis hasn't played the same way. He hasn't played like the MVP way he did in regular season, this playoffs. And he was hurt. He was banged up, but still like he wasn't doing the dominance that he was in the regular season. The Bucks honestly didn't do that during the bubble at all. So they were just I, off I, that entire time. Yeah. Right. And they haven't been, I mean, yes, he's young and they have, they haven't been this good of a team, but like, it's not like it's every year that they have a drop off in the playoffs a little bit. And so I'm still not convinced that Giannis, Giannis's game translates to playoff basketball as well as, as some other players in the league do because of, because of the ability to like spread the floor and all that. And just the way he plays is better is more like, obviously he's one of the best transition players in the league. And that's a big reason why the bucks are so dominant in the regular season. And the game slows down in the playoffs. It's just, it's just a fact. Um, but Drew Holly added an extra element that they, that'll really help. And someone where their point guard doesn't just completely dis- discombobulate in the playoffs will really help and become a liability. Well, Right, the rule really helped the Bucks. So, but it, I can't, I can't, I, I would not say that they're the favorite in the East. If I had to choose the field of the Bucks, I would definitely choose the field. Well, I mean, the favorite doesn't mean you know, like. The right, but if you were, if you were, if you were betting, would you choose the Bucks or the field? The field, but it's like the, I think the Lakers. Well, I think the Lakers no, are the on, the, the, West, on the East, but I wouldn't bet. No, no, but I'm, I'm telling you, like, I think the Lakers are the favorites in the West, right? Like, if that roster comes back, but if you're telling me, would I rather pick the Lakers or the field, I'm going to tell you the field. Like, okay. that doesn't mean that the Lakers are not the favorite. The Lakers, I think, have the highest chance out of any of the teams. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's I, what it yeah. means. You can't say... I, I still don't... I mean, I don't think the Bucks are the favorite in my eyes. I think that other well, teams... yeah, so then who's your, who's the, who's your favorite? I'm, obviously, I, I, I would pick the field, too. I want to see what moves the Celtics make. I think that can really change the scope of of how they fit. They need to address some address some weaknesses, and Tatum's only going to get better. Jalen Brown's only going to get better, and it's not like Miami is going to be worse. It's like Miami was like the, when they played that series. Miami was clearly the better team. So, and I think maybe it was just like Bucks were not in the right headspace. Bud didn't play the right rotations that just kind of screwed up their their momentum. And maybe that'll be the change, especially with Drew Holiday there. But I still don't think that's enough to put them over Miami in a seven-game playoff series. Well, well, we can talk about this later. We got to move on. And yeah. I mean, there were some other there were some other big trades too. I don't know if you want to hit on any of them before we talk about free agency. Um, is it, which ones do you want to talk about? Or we can we can just give our quick thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I think those were the two major ones. I'm trying to think. There were just so many that which ones? Oh, really quick. What? What I want to? I, I just saw on my Twitter on my Twitter timeline from Woj a couple hours ago. The New York Knicks acquired a power forward via trade, Ed Davis. Oh yeah, man. So, they 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 love their forwards, and hey, they got two second round picks from it though. So that was a solid deal. Well, so, so maybe my <laughs> thing about, you know, it not being as crowded with only OB and Randall there, maybe that's not as true. Anymore, I mean, but. they had needed someone to replace uh, Bobby Portis and someone to replace um, Taj Gibson. So, you know what? More power forwards. But, yeah. So, yeah, let's definitely – let's. do you want to talk about Russell Westbrook or James Harden? Yeah. I mean, 
Where Harden, you- it seems, Harden, it seems like it's going to go to the... He's, it seems like he wants to go to the Nets. I personally want him, and I think you do too. I want him to go to Philly. Yes. That way Ben can be in Houston. And I think right. that would be perfect. That's a fair trade. I mean, it's not fair value-wise, but like for a disgruntled superstar who wants to leave and is demanding one place, if you can get Ben Simmons as a return, you you did that's well. A, you did you did well. It's a very good return. That's a guy that Houston can build around. And there's no there's no promise that he can be the best player on a championship team yet. But they can they can build around that guy and put a system around of shooters around Ben. And you know you may not agree with the maximum I go with that, but they can they have a they have a, they have a, a guy. Um, they have the, I, I they have a, they have a building block for sure. I agree right, with you with it thousand percent. I hate that happen, deal. Though. I hate that deal with Brooklyn. They have to find there's. I would be. They would be stupid to do that. Rather play a disgruntled part of it than get Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and a first like even a couple first round picks that are going to be horrible first round picks. They're going to be number thirty or number 20, 27. Like it's just not going to be first round picks. You're saying it's and horrible for Houston. It's horrible for Houston. That's not a, like James Harden. Like James Harden is a is a once in a generation kind of player. Like you can build a system around him. He's a top. He's been top three in MVP. What the last five, six, five, four, five seasons. Like you can't just give him up for change just because he's demanding a trade to Brooklyn. There's two or three years left on his contract. You, you need to be smart about this. And I get it. I get it. He might just not play, but still it's, it's, you can't, you, that, you got, you can't lose your value on that. You did all this. You invested so much in Harden. You got to have somewhere to go, somewhere to go. And if you have Dinwiddie, Karis, Levert and Jared Allen, that, that is still a, that's a lot. It's still a top five pick team. And oh, it's, it's not good. I mean, I, I actually think it's a solid team. Like you're in the West, which makes it a lot harder. I don't think they're like one of the worst teams in the league, but they're not getting. I mean, they're not nowhere near contention, obviously. Yeah. But I think if you're the Nets, like, do you think the Nets should do the trade? That, or do you think they like? Is it, if that's a solid team, but that's amazing depth around Kyrie and KD. And that's that's what I'm saying. And that's the hard part about this. Where like, and I before I want to I want to circle back to this. So before I forget, the reason I don't think the Philly trade is going to happen. Is not because of Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is an amazing return, just like you. I think the reason is Furtada and Daryl Morey. I think Furtada's probably mad that Daryl Morey was like, quit. And then he's like, I need to spend time with my family. And then gets up and a week later, he joins Philly. I think there are a lot of hard feelings there. And so I don't think he wants to do him any favors by sending him a superstar, a guy that can pretty much yeah. make them a championship contender. So for yeah, that reason, I, I think that's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm rooting. I know James Harden wants to go to Brooklyn, but I'm rooting, you know who I'm rooting so hard for Meek Mill, who is trying to convince James Harden. <laughs> He's trying to sell him on Philly. So I hope Meek Mill can get his recruiting pitch down. Cause if James Harden wants Philly, I, at the end of the day, for, for, uh, the, well, it's not uh, up to him. Rockets, it's up to Furtado. I know, but at the end of the day, if the Rockets owner can get Ben Simmons, like who cares about your stupid, I, uh, your stupid like pettiness? Get Ben Simmons, like, you, like that's that would just be pitiful if he does that. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, they would already be done. There's a reason, like Harden to Philly for Ben isn't done already, right? Because Philly for sure is going to offer that because they want to win right now, and they know yeah, Harden. I mean, gonna give them a I don't know if chance. Philly's going to offer that. They might. They might want to try and see if Joel Ben. Well, come on, yeah, that's that's true. That's if you're, a good, if very good point. Daryl Moore is a smart, smart man. If you're Philly, yeah. you're doing that in a heartbeat. That's true. Like that's no true. question, you're doing yeah, that. In a heartbeat. I agree. <laughs> good point. So, that's a good point. if I'm if I'm broken though, to your point, 
I, I even texted you this, and I was saying, is it crazy to think that instead of giving up on Dinwiddie, Levert, Nallen, and Picks or whatever, that you send Kyrie and, like, I mean, you have to make salaries match, but you, you basically give up Kyrie and whatever you need to to get Harden? Is that crazy? <laughs> and the more I think I mean, about it, it makes it was, sense. Because- it makes amazing sense, but in the Nets, if they got Harden and KD, that duo would be insane. Way better than a KD-Kyrie duo would be. When you have a complete team around them, too. That's the thing, where it's like, not only, like, the thing, if you have KD, Harden, and Kyrie, I mean, the fit, for sure. I don't know how the fit works, but oh, the, the team, I mean, there's nothing there. Like, it's, there's nothing after them, right? Right. Like, it's just bones. Like, there's nothing there. And but you need depth, you especially get, when KD's coming off an Achilles. Kyrie's always hurt. It's like, oh. We saw Karis LeVert when everyone got hurt on, when Kyrie was hurt. He balled last year. We know what Dinwiddie right. can do. You yeah. got Jared Allen. Like that team's Joe Harris is probably going to come back too. Like that team is really good. I think they they that's what they I, would that's be what better off. They would be better off with two superstars. Two. I mean, if it's a superstar, if it's hard, and it's a star, if it's kick Kyrie. But two mm-hmm. superstars and depth than trying to do all three at once. Like this is not the Warriors where you can have. All the guys, because Clay didn't need the ball, Draymond didn't need the ball, so it worked. Katie didn't need to didn't need to dribble the ball either. Like James Harden and Kyrie are ball stoppers; they need to, they need to be dribbling the ball. So that's where you can actually say that there's only one ball; it's not going to work. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But we is, is the Nets are they your outside favorite right now for Harden? Yeah, they have to be. I mean, he wants to go yeah. there. Like you said, it would have happened in Philly if it if it if it was possible. Yeah, all right. Maybe really. They, quick. Maybe uh, the Rockets owner is trying to milk Maury for as much assets as possible in addition to Ben. Maybe that's the old up. Who knows? That, that could be it. That honestly could be it. But really quick, not really your take on it, but your prediction for where Russell Westbrook is going to oh, be. I really want him to go to the Knicks. I think, it'll, I think that maybe like 60-40 chance he goes to the Knicks. I think that he, he would help make the Knicks. I mean, he's not winning anything in New York, but he would make him into the playoffs. And their whole, their whole thing yeah. is we're trying to sell – the organization as someone we want free agents to come and you bring Russell Westbrook there, you show that you can win. Then like then free agents will want to play there, which is the whole Knicks plan. Right. I was thinking Hornets before, but after LaMelo, it's not going to happen. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I'm with you on the Knicks. I think Russell Westbrook, I think he's one of the few guys and there's very few people on this list, like maybe less than five who you can literally give him one of the worst rosters in the league and he can at least carry that team to relevance. Like he can, he, he can just drag a team to like at least contention in the playoffs. Cause he can just right. do so much by himself. Yeah. If he goes to the Knicks, I mean, that's, they can make the playoffs for sure. And that's what I box office, him and Obi box office. Yeah, for sure. All right. So to end the podcast, I thought we'd do something, something a little fun going through all like, not all, but like, I'm just going to name some free agents that, are going to be kind of hot names. And this free agency class isn't like last year by any, by any chance, but just want to like, maybe, maybe something quick, a quick don't, doesn't be one word, but like your quick thought on where they'll go, what we'll kind of see with them. So you ready? I'm going to start off easy. Anthony Davis. Oh, he's signing a max deal. A second that window opens. All right, this is an interesting one. Fred Van Vliet. I, I, one sec, I don't know if he is. I, I don't know if, I don't know if it'll be a long-term max. I feel like it could be short-term, but regardless, yeah. Ooh, with his injury history, he, he would be dumb to not. All right, Van Vliet was next. Yes. Van Vliet's a tough one. I, I was really thinking New York, 
before, but my guess now is I, I want to see him. Atlanta has money, and I, I would love to see him play with Trey Young and help him out. So I'm saying Atlanta. Oh, that would be awesome. Do you think, I mean, obviously he's really good at 14 turnovers. Do you think him and Trey could be a really good backcourt and be able to, he could he I mean, carry the load defensively enough? I, I think he's a really good defender already. He's undersized, but I think he's a really good defender. And Atlanta really struggled when Trey wasn't on the floor because they just had no other, because Jeff Teague just isn't Jeff Teague anymore. So he would be someone who can take over ball handling duties and could also allow Trey Young to play a lot more off the ball, which I think would be cool to see. Yeah, I, I love Fred Van Vliet. Don't get me wrong. I just, I don't, I know he's going to get a lot of money this offseason. And if he leaves Toronto, and I know Toronto probably has a certain number. I doubt Toronto will give him a max contract. But mm-hmm. so any other team will probably have to overpay for him. And I don't know if any other team snags him for money that's over Toronto's asking price. I just don't think they're making you a smart deal. Like I think him being in Toronto kind of helps his value a lot. Just the way they develop players, the way they are able to get all these different players on one team to contribute and put up all these different stats and points. I don't know how he's going to be outside of Toronto. I think that's a bigger risk than most free agents that move. I don't know. That might be an uncommon opinion, but that's my take. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see I, there's definitely validity to what you're saying and there is a risk there. Yeah. All right. Um, so he just opted out today. Gordon Hayward. What do you think? Yeah, I was, int- I was surprised by the opt out to be honest with you. I still think, I think it'll be sign and trade where I think he's going to sign with a team and they might not have the cap space for so he's going to sign back in with Boston. And then obviously it'll be sign and trade from there. I still just love the fit with Indiana. He's going back home, Miles Cerner going back to Boston. That's what I've been saying for a while and I'm going to stick with it. So give me pace, give me Gordon Hayward to the Pacers. Wow. Very interesting. I would love that. That would be a really good fit if they can find a way to make the money work. And yeah, I'm surprised he opted out too. I kind of, I kind of see a lot of likes. I would like him in Atlanta actually um, to play with, play with um, uh, Trey Young and, and the young guys there. I kind of like that fit a lot. He would bring that to a players if he's able to get back to his game. And he's shown flashes of being Gordon Hayward this last season, especially so. At, at the beginning of the season, before he broke his hand, he was the best player on that Boston team, including Tatum, including right. Kemba, including Jalen Brown. He was the best player on the team. Like he was getting right. back to Gordon Hayward in Utah, and Gordon Hayward in Utah. In my, I was, I really liked him, and in my opinion, he could be good enough to be like the second best player in a championship team. That's how good he was. Like he was right. a really good player, and that's so what Boston I, thought they were getting. <laughs> unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, the end, like. Horrible injury, obviously. Right. Literally in the first few minutes. First game, yeah. Awful. So, Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter, Gordon Hayward, John Collins, and then um, um, I can't even say his name. Onyeka. Yeah. Onyeka. Who they just got. Yeah. Right. Would be a very good team. A very, very good team. So, yeah. All right. um, And Reddish, too. Yeah, Cameron, dude. Kevin, the Kevin Hawks, the Hawks are, can't, Kevin Hurd, yeah, Kevin Hurd, the Hawks have done a really good job. All right, now one very interesting name, uh, Gallinari. What do you think? Gallinari is a hard one. There have been, I know Miami has, there have been a lot of Miami rumors for a while with him. I, I do like the fit in Miami. It would have to be sign and trade, I think, because I don't think Miami has cap space this year. Oh, actually, never mind, they do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Miami. It could be a sign and trade, but I think he'll end up in Miami. That'd be a good fit. I feel like Miami gets always gets the players that are like that, like his shape, <laughs> honestly. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm 
I'm like 50, 50, 50, 50%. He like just does a deal that's worth what he is worth. And 50%, he just takes a massive David West esque pay cut and signs with a team like of a, a contender just try and win a grip ring. And I know the Heat are like a solid team that have a chance at winning the ring, but obviously that he'd take a massive pay cut, way less than he deserves if he was to sign with like the Lakers or something like that. But there's definitely a I don't see it. If he if he was actually saying what he was saying what he was what he said earlier about wanting to just win a ring and not caring about the money, but player guys say that and they never they never well, actually. He said it. he wanted to be on a contender, and I mean Miami. Right. They were in the finals. That's a contender. Right. I would like him on Dallas. I know they were trying to work out a signing yeah. trade, but I don't know if that I don't know if that fell through. But I kind of like that fit as well. I do too, actually. All right. Well, let's see. Montrezl Harrell. Yeah, Montrezl Harrell. Ooh. See, that's one of the guys that I think is just going to sign with a team that has money that he's not going to be on a contender anymore. I think he's going to sign, join like a Kings or I don't even know. The, like, who has, no one has cast base this year. I, I think he's going to resign into the Clippers. I really, really? do. He's not, I don't think he's going to find the deal that he likes and there's a lot more cap space next year. So I think do you think he'll pull Tristan Thompson and bet on himself, sign, the, sign that qualifying offer? I could see that, or I could even, yeah, I could definitely see that. Short, it worked out for double D. He got his 48 yeah. mil. All right. Um, uh, there, there's a few more that I, Drogic, I think we would both assume that he, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. Rondo's a big one. I actually Ooh. think he's a big one. Dude, I'm, I'm hearing Rondo to the Clippers. That's what I'm hearing too. Yeah, we have our sources, but yeah, no, it'll be, that I mean, Rondo. I mean, we all knew that it was going to step up in the playoffs. Playoff Rondo always is a is a great thing. He did so well in the finals, man. Um, the, the Lakers are going to miss him. The Lakers need they're low on guards right now with Avery Bradley opting out, Danny Green gone. Like they're gonna, it's going to be a little bit problematic. And I love the Schroeder. Oh, we, that's another one we've tried, but the forgot, to talk, forgot to talk about the Schroeder fit in LA is great, really great. Great Ooh. fit. I agree. Okay, so. Oof, right. Yeah, so round of the Clippers, I guess. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, the other big one, Jeremy Grant. He made himself a lot of money in the bubble. A Denver lot of teams definitely Denver, want him. Denver can't let him walk. I agree. They have to. He was so vital to them. I agree. I The other team that I kind of like to fit on, too. I mean, there's a lot of teams that he can fit on. I, I like Phoenix a lot, too. I just don't know if they Ooh. have the cap space. To make a to make a deal like that work. Yeah, they're. But I like no. Phoenix a lot. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, that it's just such a bad time to be a free agent, man. Like these, so many of these kids. Who was like what? What was that season twenty sixteen? If it was twenty sixteen again, so many oh, of these guys man. would be getting max contracts. <laughs> Even someone like like Christian Wood, like I legitimately have no idea where Christian Wood is going to go. Like he Which had a great year. He played so he well once year. he got traded to the Pistons, or once he got to the Pistons, like. So well, and Drummond, yeah, once Drummond went up, yeah, that's what I was gonna go for. Oh my gosh, so, I don't um, know, yeah. I, it's a lot, it's it's hard with a lot of these, but and I think they hit on the main ones, yeah. Davis Bertans is another one who I love, and he'd be great for any contender, but I don't know if he's just gonna get his value. Like, and he had one of the best seasons, he had the best season of his career, obviously, and he's not gonna get the money that he deserves for that just because if a team's gonna, if a team's willing to pay money, they're gonna pay it on Gordon Hayward or or Jeremy Grant. Yeah. 
it's a, it's tough out there for for the third tier guys like us. It's tough out there. Imagine looking as a, as a free agent as good as Christian Wood or W. S. Breton. Looking back and seeing how much Matthew Delladova got in 2016, or Timothy Mozgov or Luol Deng, like you did, you're so much better than them. You did so much, and you're gonna get half of what they got. Like that sucked. Oh, half! I don't even know. Like, I think they'll take half. (laughs) Oh God, that's so depressing, man. Yeah, it's it's a rough it's a rough off season out there for these guys. Yeah, well, this was great. Least they're making more than us. Yeah, true. This was great. Hopefully, we. I mean, I don't know. I make big, I make some big bucks over here with this podcast revenue money. <laughs> Are you not sure? Wow. All right. Some big. So well, we might have to up. cut, cut, cut. So this was a great episode. We had some awesome movement and awesome drafts. Um, and just grab your popcorn because there's still going to be. So much happening in free agency. There's always there's always crazy trades. There's always some awesome signings. So, yeah, we'll definitely be doing a recap of free agency maybe in two weeks and kind of a little season preview inside of that. So tune out for that. But as always, this has been Outside of Zone, and the Oklahoma City Thunder are on the clock. Hey, hey.